Welcome to the Hill Ranch Podcast. So today I wanted to talk about fatherhood. Um, one, because it's my son's birthday, my oldest son, so I've been a father for 11 years now. And I want to talk about a little bit of mistakes and stuff like that. But secondly, I heard a conversation that a guy was having with his fiance or military guy is what the caption said. And he was talking about how he needs to raise his son to be better than him. And it's his legacy. If he leaves this earth and his son is not better than him, then he's failed as a father and his legacy is failed and whatnot. And that really bothered me because I don't, I don't understand this concept where men have, and I was having a conversation with my buddy about this. We have this, we have this concept of our kids need to be better versions of us. They need to carry on our legacy and that shouldn't be put on our boys. Like our boys should not be the legacy of their father, because if that's the case, my real father was a fucking murderer. So that's his like that legacy gets passed on to me. I'm a better man than he is, but he was put in prison for murder. So how is it my fault for the crimes that he's committed or his past? Right. It's not. Anybody would say it's not. So I'm not his legacy. I'm my own person. If anybody, if I'm anybody's legacy, it's myself or my stepdad that raised me. Right. But I think this is the problem. We put our, we, we try to live through our kids or we try to push our kids in certain directions. And I think social media and society has a lot of this and it's, it's a new phenomenon because throughout humanity or throughout history, if we look at native people specifically, not this Western European style, but if we look at native Hawaiians, native Americans, Indians, um, Incas, we'll say Indians in like Germania or the Germanic tribes, if you go that far back, the Vikings, etc. When you look at those type of people and the way they raise their kids, from all accounts that historians can tell, their kids always had fun. You, you remember that saying when we were growing up, I was born in the 90s, I was born in 91, technically, but I was born in the 90s. And it was always let kids be kids. We always said that, right? Let kids be kids. But with this social media phenomenon and this this egotistical driven mindset from men today, it's these kids are my legacy, so I have to push them in this. I failed at football. I wasn't as good at football, so I'm going to live vicariously through my kids and force them into playing football because I wasn't good at football, so they need to be good at football, right? And even if he hates it, well, I'm not raising a quitter, so I'm going to force it even harder. And what you're doing is you're one, you're ruining this chi- this person's childhood because this kid can never get that time back. He can never be a child again for the rest of his life. But two, you're ruining the sport of football for him because you are so insecure and you are so egotistical and you are so driven by this, this I got to be better or my kids got to be better mindset that you're ruining your child's childhood. For me personally, I was never big into uh, into 
like team sports. Because what I realized at an early age, like I played sports, I played baseball, I played soccer, I played football, I played all these team sports, right? And what I realized, especially when I got to high school, when my buddy Clint introduced me to rodeo and bull riding and bronc riding and stuff like that, what I realized is with football, I could do everything right, every single play. If somebody else messes up, we lose the game, right? So 10 of us can do stuff correctly and one person fuck up and the whole game is lost. I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that I would put in a bunch of effort and somebody else that wasn't, um, didn't want to play as bad, didn't have to put in as much effort and I could lose because of that, right? When I started riding bulls and broncs, there's only one person to blame. That's myself. If I get bucked off, or if I lose a fucking rodeo or whatever, or if I don't spur enough after I ride my bull and my, my uh, score is low, who do I blame? Can I blame the, the announcer? Can I blame the guy that pulled my rope? Can I blame the bull? You know what I mean? Like, no, at the end of the day, I have myself to blame. If I get bucked off and I know I quit that ride because I don't want to get hurt or I don't want to be put in a situation, I quit that ride. I looked for a spot to get off of that bull or I looked for a spot to get off of that bronc then that's my fault. I lost because of me. And I think this mindset of once a quitter, always a quitter is not true because you see guys fail all the time, right? Or interests change. So I like to snowboard. I like to snowboard a lot. But I also like the mountain bike. And then I like to fight MMA. So if I go into a training camp and I can't snowboard because I, I don't want to get hurt, I can't mountain bike because I don't want to risk getting injured on the mountain, am I now a quitter because I quit doing snowboarding or I quit riding a mountain bike. No, my interests changed. So, but if a kid's interests change, all of a sudden they're a quitter. That doesn't make any sense in my mind. You know what I mean? Like if a kid is playing football and he just doesn't enjoy football, but his father's so egotistical, like, no, 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 you're not going to quit. You're going to play football. You're going to play football. You can play football. We're just completely ruining these kids. And if I, 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 I have a hard time understanding men that have to be over manly or overcompensate or overly serious. If anyone knows me, I joke around a lot. I laugh a lot like a kid and stuff like that. And there's a reason why. Growing up for me, I was raised the old way, the hard way. Everybody from Hawaii understands the hard way when I say the hard way. Um... I think I've heard my dad say, I love you once or, well, in the last couple of years, he said it more. But before that, I, he said, I love you once. And that's when my parents were going through their stuff. But blown up in Iraq, deployments, laying in a hospital bed at Walter Reed. No, I love yous. So I've been raised really hard. Or without a lot of empathy. And that's not my dad's fault. That's the way he was raised, as I've said before. So now, I try to not live so serious. And I, not, I don't have to be like, I understand what I've done in my life. I understand what I'm capable of. I'm comfortable with violence. And I can bring an exceeding amount of violence to the table. But if it's not warranted, I don't need to bluff. And that's, what, that's another thing I hate, right? Like, guys are like, oh, you, you know who the hardest man is in the room because he's quiet. The quiet one or the one that doesn't bullshit like he's the baddest motherfucker or he's a bitch and has nothing to say. 
But we, we put these stereotypes on these on people like, oh, man, he's super serious. He's super serious. So clearly he's the hardest one in the room. You know what I mean? And it's like if anybody knows me, they know that's not fucking a fact because I joke around a lot. And I think as as men in society, we need to do a lot more of that. And going back to the Native Americans, their kids were kids. They would ride horses. They would play. They would have fun. They would joke around. Because at the end of the day, when it was time for these children to grow up, they were going to war with other tribes. So if you're going to, like, if you know at 16 it's time for you to become a quote-unquote man and you're going to go out with a raiding party and you're going to, you might die, your father and your uncles are going to make sure, and your mother, they're going to make sure that from 0 to 15, you're able to enjoy every aspect of life without a bunch of pressure put upon you because of your dad's egotistical ways. At least that's my understanding and my take of that. And people go, oh, well, I, I, want, to, um, I want to have my kids make sure they're, they're competitive or they have this drive to succeed. that's human nature. You don't have to force that into children. Some people have it more than others. We see that today. But if you take two random boys, you put them in a room and you put a ball in there or you put a toy in there. Sooner or later, those two boys are going to start playing with the ball and they're going to start getting competitive. Or one boy's going to pick up the toy and the other one's going to get mad and they're, they're not going to share. And then the competitive nature is going to come out. They might fight or whatever. That's natural. But, but I don't understand why like men are like, oh, no, my, my, my boy has to play a contact sport. He has to do a contact sport or he has to do this violence or whatever the fuck. Like, no, dude, it's just because you're a pussy. You don't know how to live up to your father's expectations. So now you're trying to live through your child to try to make them everything that you're not. And for me, I don't have to do that. I'm comfortable with who I am. So my son was playing baseball. And I could tell he didn't enjoy baseball. So I let him play out the rest of the season. I didn't force him into it. And at the end of the season, I asked him like, because I could see on his face, but he didn't want to quit. Because he didn't like, he didn't mind playing baseball, but that just wasn't his thing. But he, he played the rest of the season, and at the end of the season, I said, do you want to play baseball next year? And he said, no, it's not that fun, Dad. Okay. I never said, oh, you're a quitter. You stop playing baseball. Like, if, this, if he doesn't get enjoyment out of this, then why the fuck am I going to force him into it? When you think about it in, in realistic terms, right? These guys that force their kids into football. Peewees, Pop Warner, Midgets, high school, they're, they're constantly on them, on them, on them. 90% of the kids that play football are not going to make the league. No, no, no. Actually, 99% of the kids that play football are not going to make the league. 90% aren't even going to go to college. And when we specifically talk about Hawaii, that number might be higher because a lot of kids from Hawaii go to college in the mainland and they fucking hate it, quit college, go back home, drink beer, become a construction worker, yell at their kids, tell them because they failed that life. Now, all of a sudden, they got to put emphasis into their kids to try to make their kids better than them. You see where I'm going with this? And I don't think that's the right way to parent. My son, he likes to draw. My oldest. He enjoys drawing a lot. 
I have, obviously, I got a lot of tattoos. If anybody follows us on Instagram, Ranch, which is our only social media account. But if anybody follows us on Instagram, you know I got a lot of tattoos. I have a lot of friends that are tattoo artists. They make really good money. So if my son enjoys drawing, and I understand there's an entrepreneurial vein that goes out because a lot of people who are tattoo artists started off doodling and drawing and stuff like that, and they enjoy the, the process... Why am I going to force him to go, hey, stop drawing. You need to go bang your head against somebody else playing football. When he's never going to make fucking NFL or he's never going to make money. So I'm doing all of this irreparable damage to his brain from when he's a young child for nothing. But if he's, if he's dedicated to drawing and he's drawing every day when he gets home, isn't that just as good as him going and playing baseball every day? He also likes to play soccer. I'm just talking about my oldest son right now. He also likes to play soccer. He has uh, Hispanic friends that play soccer. So he likes to go out and play soccer with them. People would be like, oh, well, your son's a sissy. Well, actually, my son and your son can put on gloves, and I guarantee my son will beat the fuck out of your son. Because he can fight. That's the difference. So I don't mind him playing soccer because he also enjoys the box. He also enjoys karate. You know what I mean? He, he enjoys... He enjoys Sports where he can push his body like football or um, like boxing and stuff like that. He likes hitting the bag. He likes lifting weights. But he also likes soccer and he also likes drawing. And now he's getting into yo-yo and he also likes yo-yo. So there's, there's this yin and yang balance, right? And I, since he's a child, I'm letting him float through all of these things. Because me as a man, like I said before, right? I have a lot of hobbies. I fight MMA, I do jujitsu, I ride mountain bike, I paraglide, I rock climb, I snowboard, I fucking ranch, I ride horses. Like, I do all of these different things, and then depending on the season or how I feel, I go through all of these different hobbies. I hunt. So if I go, if my mindset is every time I stop one hobby to start another, I make knives. If my mindset is I'm quitting this hobby, to pursue another hobby. No, I'm not quitting. I'm finding enjoyment in other things. So if my son is like, I'm going to stop drawing now and I'm not going to draw for two months because I want to go play soccer every day. He's not quitting drawing. He's finding it. He found a new passion. And that's what always cracks me up about these. Like, I don't understand how people get so caught up in this social media shit with entrepreneurial shit. Like, I think if a lot of people just understood they're not entrepreneurs and just got a fucking job, they would be a lot more happy. But people expect more out of life because of social media, right? For me, I make knives sometimes. I sell knives and stuff like that. I can make pretty good money off of them. But I know that I'm not an entrepreneur because when shit gets hard, I don't want to be the one to deal with the repercussions of that. It's like people ask me like, oh, bro, why don't you just buy your own truck? Why don't you just own your own trucking company? I'll tell you why. Because me driving for someone else, making $30 an hour, I have no risk. That's still good money, and I don't absorb the risk. If my truck breaks down, one of my friends, he owns his own trucking company. He was going up a canyon. His truck overheated, blew the motor. Now it's going to cost him 45 grand to put in a new motor. He can't afford that. He has to save up his money, so he's working for someone else so he can save up the money and then put a new motor in his truck. You see what I'm saying? He's taking all of the risk. Does he get more reward? Yeah, he does. 
but he also gets more stress. If you look at um, Travis and Ronda, right? They run Browsy Acres and stuff like that. When fuel costs go up and they have to put hay out for their cattle during the winter months, they eat the cost of that. So if fuel prices go up, they, can't, they don't get to charge more for cattle just because fuel prices fluctuate. Because at the time when they sell cattle, it's a certain time of the year. And if fuel prices are down and beef prices are down, well, now they got to make the decision. Do we eat the cost now and sell at what beef prices are or do we wait? People don't think about that. Travis's um, business partner, um, John Fosco, I believe is his name. I was listening to one of their podcasts and he's talking about the cost of cardboard boxes. Shipping right now, the shipping costs was more than the cardboard boxes that he had to order just because of fuel prices. Where, where Where does that cost come out? So he either has to change his prices and charge more for the same product because of fuel prices and maybe push customers away or he has to just eat that cost because he wants his reliable customers. No one thinks about that. Everybody just looks at Instagram, sees all these quote unquote entrepreneurs and then wants to be their own entrepreneur. You look at Hawaii. I remember growing up, there was, um, I think I was in middle school, in the early 2000s. There was, a t- there was a clothing company called Bloodline. It was real big in Hawaii. And now, then it became, um, another one started becoming was Defend Hawaii. Those shirts came out, those products came out. And recently, it seems like everybody now has their own clothing line. Like, all of these other companies just come up with new apparel, which isn't really new. For me, like, we have a Hill Ranch shirt. We'll do a run of them, like, maybe once or twice a year. And not like everybody gets it. Because not everybody wants to support me and what I do because of my mouth, which I don't care, which is fine. But some people, they like to wear the shirt. They like to rep our brand. So I'm perfectly fine with that. But I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur. I sell knives. I wouldn't call myself an entrepreneur because this is kind of a side gig for me. I don't want it to become my business because then I have to rely on other people to feed my family versus I work for a company that's been in business since 95. They treat their employees good. Like if I'm already happy there, why am I going to try to find or try to build my own business? Well, you're investing in yourself. Well, I could have a $45,000 bill and not be able to work anymore because my trucking motor blew. Ever thought about that? No, nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks about, oh, I have to hay over the winter. Fuel prices went through the fucking roof. And now it's going to cost me three times as much as I have. So I either have to sell off my cows now and the beef is low or I have to just eat that cost and hopefully make it back up in the future. So I think what people need to realize, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Some people are just followers. There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact that these people have this mindset of everything's wrong if you got to be an entrepreneur, you got to do shit yourself or you got to do it the hard way or you, you got to grind every single day and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you don't. No, the fuck you don't. You could just enjoy your fucking life and realize we only have one life to live. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean by, by pushing your kids into sports and being a, a father that actually loves their children and loves whatever they're doing. 
versus trying to force them into stuff. And they end up hating that thing, like football. You got to play football. God, well, your kid ends up hating football. They end up hating their childhood. They end up hating you. But, but oh, I got to teach them discipline, bro. They got to be disciplined. No, they fucking don't. They need to be respectful. They need to figure out who they are as a person. And that's the most important thing. If, they're, if a child's respectful, not into sports, a little bit awkward, whatever, but they fucking love drawing. Why not just, like, let them draw? I mean, everybody talks about the fucking Mona Lisa, right? I'm pretty sure no one told Picasso, oh, no, you need to, you need to play sports. You need to play sports. And maybe my son, maybe he fucking draws, maybe he does sports, maybe he does whatever he wants. And then when he graduates high school, he's like, ah, you know what, dad, I like just work construction. <sighs> Fine with me. If that's what you want to do. Go ahead. And we need to be able to allow our kids to figure out the avenue and the path they want to take in life without all this negative reinforcement. Because could you imagine like, that's a shitty thing to put on your child, right? My legacy lies with you. So if you were a fuck up in life, if you were a piece of shit, if you didn't show any emotion, if you're a wife beater, I got to fix your legacy. How about no? How about fuck you? You see what I'm saying? We are in charge of our own legacies. We should decide what we want to do with our lives. That should be the most important thing is being a good father, being a good husband. And when I say that, what I mean by like for me, being a good father, it means supporting my kids in any avenue that they might want to take. It means being there when they need me to be there. But also 99% of the battle is just showing up and showing interest, right? So when my son draws something and he comes to me or my daughter draws something and comes to me and they go, dad, look at this, look at this, look at this. I look at it, I'm like, wow. That's fucking good because they can draw really good, like r fucking amazing. They bring a drawing to me and I go, wow, that's fucking good. That's really good. Why don't you draw another one for your mom? They light up. They're excited. They, they enjoy the process. So they go back and spend another two hours working on this fucking piece, right? In their brain, it's a masterpiece. Well, that's teaching them discipline. That's giving them positive feedback, right? So what is wrong with that? Why does everything have to be a negative feedback loop? And, and I ran into this problem a lot because of the way I was raised from my stepdad. He, like I said, I was raised kind of harsh. So to get to the point where I was probably three years ago, a lot of it was egotistical driven, which is, could I have done what I've done in my life without ego? Yeah, I mean, I've fucking accomplished a lot in the last three years without ego and just being very confident. And I, I, let me explain the difference between ego and confidence real quick, because for some for some reason, people. People don't understand the difference and they, they get me confused. They think I'm a very egotistical person and overconfident and not humble or whatever. But I've done a lot in my life, so I don't need to be humble for one. But egotistical would be if I'm training MMA. Someone tells me, hey, you should try this. And I go, bro, I've been training longer than you. Like, I'm better than you. Shut the fuck up. That is ego, right? But if they tell me, hey, you should try this. And I, I go, okay. And I try it. And it doesn't work. 
Then I go, fuck, man, I've tried it. It doesn't work like triangles for me. I have massive fucking quads and shorter legs. So when I try to triangle somebody my size, I can't. I have to, it has to be a certain angle. If not, I can't lock it up. So I don't go for triangles very often because it's a very high likelihood that it's going to fail. So when people go, oh, you should try triangles. And I explain to them like, hey, this is why it doesn't work. Oh, that makes sense. Versus, ah, you know what? Triangles don't work, dummy. Like, let me do my own thing. Worry about yourself. I, 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 I tried a triangle. It didn't work for me. And I explained that to them. If somebody gives me a move that I can get, then I take that little bit of information, right? I take, I let everybody coach me. I, I take what I can. I use what I can. And then I get rid of the stuff that I can't. There's, there's smaller guys that are 145ers. They pump the jab, bah, 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 bah. thousands of jabs, hundreds of jabs per sparring uh, day, right? They tell me, oh, you got to pump your jab more. I'm like, bro, my arm is fucking heavy. I have massive shoulders. I have a ton of muscle. I don't have the metabolic conditioning or the shoulder conditioning to pump 500 jabs in a round. I'll pump a couple more jabs. So I'll throw, instead of throwing 20 jabs, I'll throw 50 jabs. But I'm not going to try to throw the same amount of volume as somebody that's half my size. That is confidence. Right? Egotistical would be like, oh, you should throw more jabs. No, I don't even throw more jabs, but I get a fucking heavy right hand. I just knock everybody out. I do have a heavy right hand and I can knock people out. But I also see the, the use of a fucking jab. So I think, I think a lot of people need to realize like when your ego is getting the best of you or when you're being confident and it's like when you get in an argument with your wife, your ego says, I got to win. 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 This is fucking stupid. She's fucking stupid versus being confident in yourself and being confident as a man to be like, bro. This argument is not worth winning. This is, this is fucking stupid what we're fighting over. So instead of me being egotistical and being like, I got to win this argument. My confidence as a man is like, I can, I can just lose this argument. I can give up on this argument because it's taking up too much space that we don't and time that we don't need to do. So I just like, you know what, babe? Yeah, you're right. I should have saw it from your way. I'm sorry. And then I actually try to see it from her way. Why? Because I'm confident as a man. My wife isn't challenging my manlyhood. But if I'm egotistical, no, fuck that, bro. I'm the man. I wear the pants. I get the balls. I'm going to tell her what to do. And if you, if you do that in every aspect of your life, then you're going to have a shitty life. You know what I mean? Like, um, I can remember one time I fell off a fucking 30 foot rope, free fall, just smack unconscious in aerosol school because it was super fucking hot. We were training in the desert and I kept telling myself like, fuck that. You got to keep going. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. I'm climbing up this rope and got right before when I got to the, um, the part where you climb over this 30 foot high, right? When I put my hand on top of the deck, I passed out heat stroke, fell 30 fucking feet, woke up in the hospital. Why? Because my ego was telling me, keep going, keep going, keep going. When I should have been like, let me take a sip of water. I had a fucking camel back on. I had water on me. 
But the guy in front of me was going up the rope already. So I got to, my, my ego's telling me I got to go, 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 go. Like, don't want to hold up the line. So instead of stopping, taking a quick sip of water, taking two seconds, then fucking proceeding. No, no, no. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And if that was a real life scenario, I could have got everybody fucking killed because they were all trying to drag my dumb ass out because my ego got the best of me. And that, that goes back to another thing too, right? People ask me like, well, if you didn't like playing team sports, then how the fuck did you operate in a team? Yes, in special operations, there's teams, but everybody is their own person. And we all have our own little um, jobs, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of focused on the team, but I'm a specialist in my own aspect. And all of us are specialists. So when you go into surgery, you have a team of surgeons. Everyone has their own little specialty, but they're still on a team. They still kind of work together, right? If somebody has a cardiac arrest or whatever, the, the fucking heart doctor comes in, does his work, but simultaneously the brain doctor's handing him tools. Like everybody's working as a team, but at the end of the day, everybody is more specialized. And that's kind of how the soft community is versus we got fucking five linemen. We got a running back. We got a quarterback. We got a linebacker. Like we got wide receivers. There's more than one person in that group. And I think that's why I was able to kind of mesh into a team in the military was because I was really good at my job. And I knew that everybody else was just as actually not just as good. They were 10 times better than I was at their job. I was good at my job. They were they were better at my job and their job because I I was trying to be I was trying to keep up with these fucking studs. And I can say that because I don't have an ego. These guys are fucking solid dudes. But if we, it, and, and we want, and I wanted to be the best that I could be. And that was the thing too, like mentally for me before going, like coming from Hawaii and like growing up the way we did, I had a, I had a very big chip on my shoulder, right? Because there isn't a lot of people that are Hawaiian to begin with. There isn't a lot of Hawaiians in the mainland and there isn't a lot of Hawaiians in the military. And there isn't like the farther you go down the line, the smaller amount of Hawaiians you get, right? So coming from Hawaii and being such a small community already, I had the big chip where I'm, I might be the only fucking Hawaiian that these people see. So I need to put my best effort forward and my strongest effort forward every single time because I, I want to be the face that all of these guys judge of I want to be the face of Hawaii when all of these guys judge Hawaii. You know what I mean? And it was hilarious. I remember one, one specific time, one of my buddies, Sean, like he went to Hawaii for vacation when we came back from deployment and he comes back and he's like, bro, it's weird. Like there's a lot of kind of obese people in Hawaii, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, they like to drink a lot, huh? Like Heineken's and stuff. This beer called Steinlager. I was like, yeah, like guys from Hawaii drink a lot and they're kind of obese. And he's like, dude, I thought everybody, and this is going to sound super egotistical, but he was like, dude, I thought everybody was like you, like just studs. I thought it was just a bunch of like brown, just short, thick, brown, just fucking studs. And I said, well, it's funny that you say that because in Hawaii, yeah, they're, they're like a lot of fat people in Hawaii. But even the fat people are pretty fucking athletic. 
Like you'll see a fat kid on a fucking bodyboard doing backflips on the sand. And this kid's super obese, but he has really good athleticism. And he's like, fuck, I never noticed that. I said, yeah, it's just the type of food we eat, the type of diet we, ha- diet we have. Like the older guys that like to drink, that's a pastime. Like you finish work, if you work construction, you drink with the boys, stuff like that. So it's kind of gotten away from us. But if honestly, if a lot of these guys just lost weight, didn't drink as much and stuff like that, they would all be fucking studs. And he's like, oh, that, that makes sense. And I think we, like circling all the way back around, I think we as men get very lost in what a father is, what a provider is, and what being a man is. Like, being a father, you don't have to push your kids into stuff. Let them enjoy their childhood. Let them be children while they're children. Let... Don't try to live vicariously through your kids. Don't try to be egotistical. When you're a husband, like make sure you're a protector and stuff like that. When you're a husband, don't be egotistical. If if you are, if you and your wife are fighting, step back and go, man, this is really fucking dumb. Just let her fucking be right. Or maybe she is right. And instead of being egotistical, I'll be confident. Let her win this argument. When you go to work, if you, if you go to work with a shitty attitude, I fucking hate this place. I hate fucking working here. That's going to rub off on everybody else. And you be, might be surprised. The only reason you are treated like shit at your company is because you go in there with a shit attitude. Oh, man, I wish I was working for myself. I wish I had money. I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. You're not. You're doing what you're doing. So fucking be happy about it or change it. Find a new job. Don't live miserably. We only live for so long. And at the end of the day, is it nice to have money? Yeah, it is. But you can't fucking, I mean, like they say, you can buy fucking, you can't buy happiness with money, but you can buy a boat and that brings you happiness, right? But at the end of the day, if you don't have time to take your boat out, then is it really buying happiness? If you're so busy with work trying to get all of this money, So you can buy the boat or buy the truck and buy this or buy that. That'll make you happy. Yet you have no time to fucking use those tools or things because you're so busy trying to make the money. Are you truly happy? I don't think so. So that's kind of just my rant today because one, it's almost New Year's and I know everybody knew you, knew me, New Year, whatever the fuck. Um, My son's birthday being today and Hopefully, I'm able to help some of you guys kind of figure out this way of transition. Like, you don't have to be your father. Their legacy isn't your legacy. And you can show affection. I'm not saying to be a fucking pussy. But if you're confident and comfortable with who you are, like me, right? I I tell my kids I love them. I fucking make gay jokes at the gym and all this stuff. Because I know at the end of the day... If anybody wants to be like, ah, you fucking faggot, I'll fuck you up. I would handle that with no fucking problem. And so if you're, if you're comfortable where you're at, you know, you can fight, you know, you can protect yourself, you know, you can protect your family. Like stop taking life so goddamn serious. Have a little fucking fun a little bit. Live a little. So hopefully you guys have a good Christmas and New Year's and hopefully this podcast find you guys well. You. Yep.